Good to see you this morning. If you're a visitor with us, if you've got children, you're very welcome to take them through. We've got children's church going on through those doors there. There's a creche for under threes, children's churches for three to 11-year-olds, uh, and there's a creche as well for the under threes. If you wanted to, to take them out there, you're more than welcome to. Today we're finishing the short um, study that we've done on Jesus' baptism. So turn with me again to Matthew 3, and we're just going to read Matthew 3 uh, from verses 1 to 17. Uh, again today it should be up on the screen if you haven't got a bible with you so Matthew 3 John the Baptist prepares the way in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and said repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near this is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord make straight paths for him John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the Jordan River. But when, he saw <coughs> sorry. but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptising, he said to them, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering the wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The baptism of Jesus. Jesus explained, oops, sorry, double-sided printed. I'll go back. Um, then Jesus came to Galilee, from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. So he said, this is the final week of us looking at this passage. The first week... We looked at the, it was Father's Day, wasn't it? And we looked at the father's attitude towards the son and how at the very start of Jesus' ministry, his father turned up and announced to everyone, this is my son. More than that, he declared his love for Jesus. This is my son whom I love. And before Jesus started his ministry in this, this world, God was pleased. We saw that how despite knowing exactly who he was, Jesus expressed frustration with those around him at a later date when they didn't realise who he was. They weren't getting it. And that as a fully human person, Jesus needed that confirmation and affirmation from his father right at the start of his ministry. This is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus needed that. But more than that, 
we know that those are God's sentiments towards us as well. He loves us. We are his son, we are his daughter. He loves us and he's well pleased. Before we do anything, God loves us and he's well pleased. Before we could do anything, God loved us and he's well pleased. Before he could think of doing anything, God loved you and he's well pleased. Before we took our first breath, God loved us and he was well pleased. In the book of Jeremiah, God tells us, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. We were known and loved and given purpose before we were even born. That was week one. Last week, Phil and Sarah looked at the attitude of the son towards the father and why Jesus was baptized. And Jesus explained himself, didn't he, in verse 15, in one sentence he says, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. What's fitting? Fulfilling all righteousness is fitting. Jesus saw his life as the fulfillment of righteousness. In Psalm 119, verse 172, we read, May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. The commands of God are righteous. So therefore, we can say, if being baptised fulfil righteousness, being baptised is a command of God. Jesus wanted to fulfil and serve his Father's will. His attitude was one of obedience as he wanted fellowship with the Father. Furthermore, we'd said that John was preaching a, a baptism of repentance. But Jesus had nothing to repent of. And the fact that he went through baptism of repentance, even though he had no sins to repent of, shows that the righteousness he wanted to fulfill was the righteousness required of himself and of every sinful person, Jew, Gentile, whoever. Jesus went through that for everyone, just as he did on the cross. In Isaiah 53, which Jesus would have known, and you could argue that Isaiah 53 was his life mission, in verse 11, by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. The righteous one will cause many to be counted righteous. And what an example that was to follow what Sarah picked up last week. We heard it in Philippians 2, 5 to 8. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So over the last two weeks, what a beautiful picture that is. Jesus, the son, eager to please his father, to see his father will being done, allowing himself to be baptized when on one level he had absolutely no reason to go through it. And the father affirming the son's actions, declaring who he is, that he's loved, and for all eternity to know that. So that's the last two weeks, and today then in bringing all this together, as we've dedicated Joshua today, we have a baptismal service in a couple of weeks' time. So why do we dedicate children rather than baptise children, as they perhaps do in other, other branches of the church? Well, first of all, it is good that we thank God for children. Listen to Psalm 113, verses 13 to 16. 
For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days that ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We thank God for children because God is the author of life. He knows the children before we do. He knows each child. He knew Hezekiah Davis as he's going to be coming out. Is that right? No. We'll call him Hezekiah for today. Hezekiah Davis. Is that all right, Gemma? Oh, no, no. If if you're doing a sweepstake on Kevin Davis's baby names, Hezekiah is not it. But he knew, he knows that baby, he knows Kevin and Jemmy's baby before the moment of conception. God was there at the very start of the creation of life. So it's good to thank God for children. Dedication also follows a biblical pattern. Hannah dedicated Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 21. Jesus himself was taken to the temple and presented to the Lord in Luke. It says, when, and when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him, that being Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So we thank God for children. Dedication is in the Bible. And children are very important to God. He wants to gather his children under his protection. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Jesus himself taught that children shouldn't be hindered from coming to him. I'm sure you know the passage very well in Matthew 19. Then the the people brought children, little children, to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for theirs is the kingdom of of heaven. Sorry, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So God's interested in children. Jesus wanted children brought to him. Even if it upset the adults, Jesus wants to be have that contact with the children. He wants to bless the children. Because he's got a unique plan for every one of them. He wants to bless everyone individually. He wants them to grow spiritually in Matthew 18, 1 to 6. At the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Quite a stark warning that, isn't it, there? How Jesus sees children, how he wants to protect them, how he wants to bless them, and woe betide anybody that would want to harm them. So... If children are so important to God, if he wants to have a contact with, with children, why don't we baptise them? Why do we dedicate? Why don't we baptise? 
Well, let's think back over the last couple of weeks and what have we said about baptism. It was a, a baptism of repentance, yeah? It, it's, we've looked, it's a command and it's for believers, so there must have, been, have to have been a decision somewhere. Is that fair enough? Yeah. Now, just bear with me for one second. Suppose when Joshua was up here earlier, I'd actually held him. I did afterwards. He came and played otherwise, and I picked him up, and he allowed me to pick him up. So you're all right, Kev. We've bonded now. <laughs> just imagine that if I'd held him, and I turned to him and said, Now, young Joshua, listen very carefully to this, because I'm going to ask you if you agree with this or not. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father God Almighty. From thence, he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Church of Jesus Christ, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Joshua, will you be baptised in this faith? If you will, say yes. He wouldn't understand it, would he? Some of us don't understand it either. He doesn't get that. He doesn't have that knowledge. He doesn't grasp that. He doesn't know about the baptism into faith. It wouldn't make one iota of difference to his spiritual condition today, would it? And so, knowing that Joshua's not in a position to make that decision, we task the parents, we charge the parents to do all they can in their power to raise a child as they grow up, to know Jesus, to love Jesus, to follow paths of righteousness, to walk in the strength of the Lord. And we as a church stand with them and agree that we will do all we can to support them, to raise this child, to know God, to love Jesus, to make that decision, as Rachel said, to make that decision for themselves. I heard something, it's not biblically accurate, but how before the creation of the world, God the Father, God the Son and the Holy Spirit sat talking, and God said, I'm going to make man, okay, and I'm going to give him free will. What? I'm going to give him free will. But free will, that, that means that they might not love. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to give them free will because that's the greatest gift I can give, that, that freedom to choose. And it went, that, that, that example then went on saying, well, what if they don't love and there's got to be a plan? And Jesus, okay, I'll take it. I don't know why I said that. Maybe it just helps you think about that, that freedom that we've been given. That freedom, the importance that, that God could have said, you will love me. But he says, I want you to. It's a choice that we all can make. So what we've done today, that's dedicating the child to God. And I'm sure if you spoke to Femi and Nora and said, if you baptise your child today, Joshua will be guaranteed a place in heaven. I'm sure every parent in the room would long for that knowledge and that certainty. Because growing as kids grow up, it can be tough. 
They have to make decisions. What do they make a stand for? What do they don't? And if there's an option of saying, yeah, go through this process and they're guaranteed a place in heaven, I'm sure every parent would take it. But we can't. It's a choice we've all got to make that one day Joshua is going to have to make. No one else can make it for him. As much as mum and dad, uncle, granddad, grandma would like to, they can't do it. He's got to make that decision for himself. It's a choice that he makes between himself with God. John 3.18, whoever believes in him, that being Jesus, is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. But at this point, you might say, well, what happens to children who don't make that decision? And sadly, some children leave us before being able to make that decision. I'm sure you've seen in the news recently over the last 12 months or so the little Bradley Lowry the the young child up in Sunderland with the neuroblastic leukemia uh, and just the the, the the tragic story of him and, and just how he's captured people's imagination what happens to young children like that who perhaps don't have that ability to make that choice well do they go to heaven if they haven't been baptised? Well, what we said back, baptism doesn't bring salvation. To get to heaven, you have to be saved. Baptism is something that comes, it, it doesn't get you into heaven. But what if the child's too young to say that? Well, Psalm 9 verse 8 says, He rules the world in righteousness and judges the people with equity. So God is righteous, he judges fairly. We know that God is love, we know that God desires for all to be saved. And so, I cannot say, no one can say for certain, most theologians, and I would agree, that if a child dies before reaching that age of moral understanding and accountability, then they would go to heaven. We can't say for certain, but that would be thinking. King David would say the same in Samuel 2, chapter 12, 23. As they, he and Bathsheba mourned the death of their son, David said, I will go to him. He won't return to me. Where will David go to? David would go to heaven, eternal life. So that's, just needed to explain that as to why we, why we don't baptise and, and the christening. It's a decision that everybody has to make for themselves. And so we baptise, don't we, because the Bible sh says we should. It's the example that Jesus set for us. It's a, it's a testimony to the awesome, transforming power of God's love in each of our lives. The transformation that we all go through, it's an outward demonstration of that. In Colossians 2, 12 to 14, it says, Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, 
which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. When someone's baptised, they're publicly identifying. They've accepted that Jesus died on the cross for them. When they go under the water, it signifies the death of their old life and they're following a new way, a life that Christ has got for them. As he said, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism says, thank you God, you have saved me. Baptism, does it change us? It says, thank you God, you have changed me. I was a child of sin, now I'm a child of God. It's a testimony to others about the awesome God that we serve. If you haven't been baptised yet, can I encourage you to make that commitment, to go through that with that water baptism. As we said, it's not too late. There's still time to do the class. I'm sure if you came on the day and you convinced on the day you wanted to be baptised, we would do it. I've seen it happen. There's, there's a baptism um, service at a swimming baths. And the guy's wife was being baptised and he was like sort of, why are you doing that? Of course he was from Bilston. Why are you doing that? Uh, and Morris White was in the water and he said, if there's anybody here who today knows that they need to be baptised, come on down. And Tom was like, I'll do, Pastor. And down he came and he was baptised there and then on the spot. Went home wet. He hadn't bought a change of clothes. So just check if you've got a lift before you come. Uh, if you're all right to go, I mean, wet clothes. But can I encourage you that as we've dedicated Joshua today, that's about us saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for his arrival. We, as parents and as church family, will bring this child up to know you. We will teach him your ways so that one day he will make that decision. We believe he will make that decision to follow you. That he will take everything that he's learned and he will make that decision himself to follow you. And today, if you're an adult and you haven't been baptised, can I just encourage you to go through with it? It doesn't hurt. It's not anything to be scared of. You can do that. Maybe you have been baptised today. And maybe, you know, it's time to rededicate yourself to God. You haven't got to go through the waters of baptism again. But maybe you just need that opportunity, that chance now to say, God, I said I'd follow you. I made that choice. I've been through the baptism. But actually, I'm not living how I should. And there's that opportunity now for you to say, okay, I'm coming back. So we just close our eyes and pray. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've done for us. Everything that you have provided. The very breath that we breathe is from you and Lord I just pray for anyone here this morning that maybe doesn't know you that they will just see what a, a wonderful loving father you are and that you just want to have that relationship with each one of us you want us to be to come into your family to say God I recognize who you are what you did for me through Jesus on the cross and I love you Lord if there's anybody here that doesn't know that Lord just prompt them give them opportunity to speak to someone this morning or, or through the rest of the week 
And Lord, if we're here today and we've made that decision, but we haven't yet gone through water baptism, Lord, just just stir those hearts, Lord, just just bring those people to where they need to be to follow through on this step of obedience. And Lord, for those who have maybe turned away from the path that they set out on so however long ago. Lord, let this be a day to rededicate our lives to you. Lord, we can keep coming back time after time. Lord, you have given us chance after chance to know you and to come back to you. Lord, let us take the chance that's been given today. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening this morning. We're going to sing our final song together now. Uh, If you'd like to stand together, please.